Okay, you son of a bitch, stop what you're doing and pay attention. This is a robbery. I want you to reach very slowly into your pocket for me and bring out your wallet or your purse, it doesn't matter. Don't you dare pause this podcast. I've got a digital knife, man, and it's pointing right into both of your ears. That's right, bitch. You're now a victim. Of course, you're not really a victim. I'm not a thug. I'm a podcaster. But podcast muggings have become a sad reality in recent months. Something about the easy access to people's ears has been like blood in the water for eye predators. Oh, it was terrible. That's Betsy Ross Geller. She was mugged by a rogue podcaster last December, two days before Christmas. I had finished up the new This American Life, and, and I was looking around for something to listen to. And, and I saw this new podcast come up in my recommendations. The podcast was Homesick Butterfly. It claimed to feature anonymous stories about life, love, and the fading of the American dream. But when she pressed play... It was just awful. I mean, he, the man said he was watching me, and that he'd got a gun pointed right at me, and that if I pressed pause, then he would shoot. It was so scary. The man told her to take out her purse and place it in an envelope. And I had to write out an address in Russia, drive to the post office and mail it, all the while with the podcast playing. It was, it was lucky he repeated the address a few times because he said if I paused or rewound it at all, then I was dead. She said there was one moment where things got really tense. Well, yeah. When I arrived at the post office, the guy interrupted the mugging to tell me about how um, support for his criminal activities came from stamps.com and that if I had signed up with offer code, my money or my life, um, I would have been entitled to a free set of scales to weigh the purse in my own home. So I, I just felt so stupid walking in there. I thought he'd shoot me just for being so behind the times. But he didn't. Betsy is fine. She mailed her purse to Russia and that was the last she heard about it. She says it wasn't the $13 that got to her on credit cards. It was the picture of her grandson that she always used to carry. Well, you know, I just hated the idea of a Russian looking at him. I mean, he's too young and innocent to be caught up in something as terrible as this. Podcast muggings are a real threat, and the police offer the following advice. If someone asks you to stream a podcast and you have any doubts about them, like at all, then just don't click. If you do get tricked, like 34 residents of Spokane last year who accidentally subscribed to a Robcast called This Armenian Life, then please say, just follow the criminal's instructions. You can replace your wallet or your phone, but a grisly death is forever. Your life it's too important. I'm Hallison Nanigan, and from TCP and the Red-Headed League headquarters of Ogunquit, Maine, you're listening to This Radio Life. This fortnight, crime. It's the hot topic that everyone is into. Let's douse our snouts in blood and munch from the sickly sweet trough of evil. A little girl called Jane Living on the astral plane Walking on the mean streets all alone Arkansas State Penitentiary will be monitored by inmate volunteers. 
For your protection, please do not mention anything likely to excite a felon. You will be connected to your scumbag loved one in five, four. And I said, stop, mother effer. You stop right now. We find the defendant. It was as open and shut as a hooker's wazoo. Guilty. Three. So, okay, crime. We've always had a rule at This Radio Life, no crime. And I don't mean that we forbid our staff from committing crimes. They commit crimes all the time. No, I'm talking about the podcast. We did not want to cover crime stories, like, at all. But you know what? Ad revenues are declining across the board. We've already had to make some tough decisions. And if you're a podcast listener, which let's face it, you are, you'll know that when it comes to podcasts, crime is the new comedians interviewing each other. So, with heavy hearts, we reached into our email bucket and started sifting through. Okay, intern, what have we got? My name is Teresa. I don't care. We need crimes. Okay. Okay. Well, um, there's the West Memphis Three. Oh, there's already a podcast about that. Okay, well, um, okay. Well, there's this guy, um, Jason Wetterling, who... There's a podcast about um, it. Right, um, well, if I... Yeah, okay, so there's... I found this... There's a missing kid, um, he's called... Yeah, get this, uh, Cary Grant Jr. Uh, Cary Grant Jr.? Yeah, that was on the trail, went cold. Uh, Nick Hillary? Podcast. More, Mara, is it more Mara Murray? The whole podcast series. Oh, this is this guys guys oh, this is um, look okay. How about we look outside America, you know, like um Japan or, or somewhere like Oh that. oh Japan, like they do on okay. True Crime Asia. I mean do you even podcast, bro? Out of the box. How about we like do okay, like a parody of a crime podcast, you know, like like kind of an onion thing, you know? Should I tell him? No, definitely not. What? It's nothing, man. Just no on that. Just a no. Okay. We had our intern, I forget her name, we had her comb through the database of all crimes committed in the last 40 years, and out of all of them, we found just four that didn't already have a podcast about them. There was a bag snatching in Bangalore that happened last week. Kid got away with an iPhone and some hard candies. There was a fraud case in Italy, a jaywalking offense in Singapore, and, last of all... I think... Oh, I think... Yeah, um, bingo. Uh, another jaywalker? No, um, look, check it out. Oh, my God. Damn right. Oh, this is great. I can't believe it. What is it? It's a really, really horrifying double murder. Oh, that is awesome. I know, right? And it's it's not, you're sure it's not been on any podcast? Like, not even like my favorite murder or one of the funny ones? Zero podcast coverage. That is awesome. Great job, intern. Great job. Um, thanks. Great job, Teresa. Thank you. Okay, this is it. Crime. Let's do crime. Let's go. Gil Tiesen. 27 years old and serving two life sentences for the brutal slaying of Malcolm Kurtovsky and Shirley Gladwell one fateful Arkansas night in November 2016. 
He was convicted unanimously by a jury of twelve, sent away like a moth-eaten shirt to rot at the back of the wardrobe. Sentencing Gill, Circuit Court Judge Hector Jimenez called him a cold-blooded killer. But we wondered, was justice really done in this case? A book, after all, can also be open and shut, but that doesn't prevent you from opening it again. Maybe, just maybe, you shut it prematurely and there's a great twist you missed in the third act. Was this case like that? We needed to find out. Okay, could, sir, could you state your name for the record recording? Uh, uh, okay. Well, my name is Jacob Dibble. And your occupation, sir? I am the Chief Inspector of East Pineville. Please. Okay, talk. great. Well, look, I, I guess you already know what it is that we wanted to ask you about. Yes, the missing girls in Hooky Ridge. Right? Well, I want you to know straight off that I stand by my work and that of all the officers. So much of the doubt that has been raised around the investigation is made up of half-truths and distortions. Uh, no, no, um, not, not the missing oh. girls. Uh, okay, so the, the Rogers case? No, not that. Well then, sir, I guess that I do not know. <laughs> well, okay, um, we wanted to talk to you about the Tiasin murders. Um, from a couple of years ago. Oh, sure. Really? Yes. Now, we have looked into the case pretty deeply, as, as you'd expect. And, you know, we, we wanted your perspective because we understand that there are persistent questions about Tiasin's guilt. Uh, no. Uh, I think you've been... I mean, he did it. Oh, okay. But say he didn't do it. Well, look now, I personally worked that case, and he did it. There's really no doubt. Okay, okay. But say he didn't do it. No, no. I mean, the uh, the murders were witnessed by 14 bystanders. Two of them caught it on video. It was in a public mm, bar. But say he didn't, though. I can't imagine how. I mean... On the video that was captured, he shouts that he's proud he did it and that he'd do it again. And then he shouts his name and that he did it over and over until officers arrived to take him into custody. He pled guilty at the trial and his own mother testified at his sentencing hearing that he should be treated harshly because he always said he wanted to be a murderer. Okay, and I'm not I'm not d discounting that at all, but... Just as like, um, you know, like a thought experiment, uh, say that he didn't do it. But he did do it. I know, I know, he did. But just say that maybe he didn't. Uh, you just want me to say that? Right. Even though he definitely 100% did do it. Yeah, say that maybe he did. Okay. He did do it. Yeah. But, okay, maybe he didn't do it. So there is some doubt. Uh, no. It was obvious that if we were going to get to the bottom of this crime, we were going to have to do some real digging. 
Our researcher, Gavin, and I had already flown down to Arkansas to interview Officer Dibble, and armed with what he told us about the doubt surrounding Gill's conviction, we felt like we were empowered to do some chief investigating of our own. We hit the streets, walking where Gill had walked, breathing the thick southern air that he breathed. Was this the air that bore the oxygen that had nourished the blood of a killer? What was the real story of what happened that night? We headed out to the crime scene, a dive bar, Ron's. There were still Trump signs outside and trucks and people were smoking. Sure, Gil had come in here a lot, every night, some weeks, he'd sit right there. And what was it, what, what did he like to drink? Uh, beer? Right, okay, well, uh, one beer, please. Sure. Mmm. Mm. yeah, okay. So, what happened tonight at the murder? Well, Gil come in. He was real mad. Now, at that time, his girlfriend had been sure. But earlier that week, she broke it off, and she was with Malcolm now. And a lot of people said maybe she cheated on Gil with Malcolm, and I don't know. Anyhow, Gil came on in real mad, and he had some words with Malcolm. And then he shot them, and that was that. Um, uh, was it, uh, was it Grizzly? Well, I mean, they, they were shot, so so that was kind of grisly, I guess. Okay, go, going back a little bit. You say that you knew Gil. Did he have any weird, like, hobbies? Or I, I thought maybe he was a master craftsman of some kind? No, he just drove his truck and went to his job, you know. He wasn't a master luthier or a watchmaker or, or anything like that? No, he was just a dude. Gay? I mean, was he secretly... Is he secretly well, gay? He, he, he shot Cheryl for Dayton Malcolm, so I guess not. Mm. It must be hard being gay in a small town like this. Well, I'm gay. I ain't so bad. Oh, wow. You know, that's okay. You know, your secret is safe with us. Not really a secret. Yeah. Good. Good. That's good. Not just I've got to admit, as I circled the truth, I wasn't sure how I felt about it all. I pored over accounts of Gill's case in the local and national press, stared into those big, dark, doe-like eyes and wondered, what is the truth? What even is truth? I knew I would have to talk to Gill before all this was over, and of course, that was not going to be easy. Okay, look, we need to speak to Gil Tiasen. He has the right to tell his story, goddammit. And if we have to go over your head, then we will. Uh, who is this? You know who this is. Uh, no, no, I don't. It's, it's this radio life. Yeah, I, I don't know what that is. Look, it's a very highly regarded podcast. A what? Oh, come on. Uh, what is your issue, sir? I, I, I want... No, look, I demand interview access to Gil Tiasen, okay? Who? So, like, today. Um, is that someone who works here? He's, he's one of your prisoners. He's a murderer. Oh, right. And and the name, the name was? Gilbert Tiasen. Okay, one second. Look, yeah, don't, gonna... don't you put me on hold. Just put me on hold. 
Yes. Um, we have an inmate by that name. Should I put you through? What? Yeah, you can talk to him now. Uh, no, no. Um, no? Yeah, I can't right now. I've got to, um, I've got to read an ad. So, okay. Uh, an ad, you know, like a host read ad. It's, it's really important for the podcast. Oh, oh, well, all righty then. You can call back whenever you like. Yeah, um, but yeah. Look, you, you better let me speak to him when, when I do. Sure, that won't be a problem. Fascist. Excuse me? Uh, n- n- nothing, nothing. It was hard. After all the effort of getting to speak to Gil, I wasn't sure how I would react when I did. Coming up, I talk to Gil. It does not go how you think. After this. Support for This Radio Life comes from Chad Stagg, the former associate editor of This Radio Life, whom I, being a sad, jealous little man, fired from the show back in episode three. Since leaving the show, Chad has gone on to great things. Camus Cow magazine called his short fiction a brutal Hemingway-esque introduction to a life lived at the edges of the modern city, which is better than anything anyone has ever said about me. Chad saw how craven and desperate we were for the satanic manner of ad revenue and was, frankly, embarrassed to see how little he would have to pay to get me to say all of this. I suck, and my radio show sucks, and Chad was the best thing to ever happen to it, even though I always sabotaged him in the edit like the supercilious asshat that I am. You can pick up his story collection, Behind the Color, Under the Brim, as an EPUB from his website, chadstag.net. It's actually better than a Kindle download, because you can read it on any device if you have the right software. Enter the code THISRADIO and you'll get nothing, because people like you, who would enter something like that, they don't deserve special treatment. That's Chad Stag, a better man than I. Now, back to our show. Before I talked to Gil, I wanted to be sure that I had all the details of the state's version of events locked clearly in my mind. I had Don, our researcher, fly down to Arkansas and talk it through with me, and help with a little bit of extra digging. So, timeline. Yes, okay, so the state has it that Gil entered the bar at 8.30pm, right? They say that he was already drunk at that time. Now, is that possible? I mean, it could be. I mean, it seems a little bit early to have been drinking that much, you know. It is. So I hung around outside the bar last week at around 7 o'clock. Okay, so 7 p.m. Right, And I spoke to a lady there uh, whose name was Demi. And, well, look, you can listen to yourself. Okay, um, Demi, have you had a drink today? I've had a lot of drinks today. So would you say that you were drunk? No, I'm fucked. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, Your fancy shoes are all spoiled. Oh, but you're not drunk? I'm just a little bit tired. Okay. So the jury is out. It could just be that people get drunk early here, right? Or? Or it could be that someone, a third party, is causing the symptoms of drunkenness by some other means. Okay. Yeah, right. Like, uh, so how? I don't know, but... If that's what it was, if this mysterious malefactor had somehow poisoned Gil, Shirley, and Malcolm, would we really be able to say who was responsible for the fight? Okay, so uh, the murders, any of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah? Yeah? Um, 
Right. So I've been reading a lot about postmortem. I've got these books. I've been reading a lot about the postmortem effects of intoxicological impairment, right? And I think I know enough about autopsy procedure now. I'm probably an expert um, to diagnose exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, but but look, I'm not all that sure Don, that. Oh, Don, Don, <laughs> is it possible? Well, I mean, anything is possible, right? That's what I thought. So you ready to do a little digging? Sure. Uh, yeah, that that's that's why I flew down. Okay, here is your shovel. My can't dig without a shovel, right? So look, here's here's Shirley's uh, stone. So you want to you want to take left or right? Yeah. We got permission for this. Does the truth need permission? Um, <laughs> just, probably. Just dig, Don. Okay. Well, okay. Ugh. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know. Does that uh, does that look like it's got a like a purplish discoloration to you? No, not really. Shine the torch closer on that, would you? Yeah, it just it looks kind of yellow, you know, like like you'd expect. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. God damn it. Oh dear. What is it? Time to go. Are we not going to put her back? I'm, I'm sure they've got someone who does that. I don't want to step on, on someone's toes. So we, so we should just... Let's just... Come on. You know, I'm not going to do this anymore. I know. That's fine. Fine. You go back to New York. I'll just stay in Arkansas. See what else I can uh, dig up. Okay, look. Promise me. Please don't dig anything else up. Oh, right. No. Just like uh, facts and stuff. It was time. Time to walk into the belly of the beast. Or, if he was really innocent, the beauty. Though, you know, I don't really know why you'd be in the belly of a beauty. Unless she had swallowed something that proved her innocence, and you had to get it back, like in Inner Space, you know that, that movie? I guess then you'd, you'd get shrunk down and you'd go into the belly of the beauty and you'd fish it out and get vomited back up and then you'd be all like, see, told you. Anyway, it was time. Law enforcement, locals, prison guards, and even his own mother were like a Greek chorus in my head, chanting guilty, guilty, guilty. But what was Gil's side of the story? Had anyone thought to ask? Well, yeah, sure, they had asked at the trial, and he said he was. And sure, yes, there was the book he published, I Am Guilty. But could we really trust that any more than we could trust the I Did It tattoo that Gil is seen wearing in photographs of his life behind bars? If justice had miscarried here, this could be the basis for a whole podcast series. Was I getting too attached? I don't know. I found myself doodling on my pencil case, writing Gil's name over and over, surrounded by little knives and sacred hearts and that S thing, you know. I couldn't stop thinking about him, and the case. Was I becoming the story? It's bad, right? Your call to the Arkansas State Penitentiary will be monitored by inmate volunteers. For your protection, please do not mention anything likely to excite a felon. You will be connected to your scumbag loved one in five, four, three, two. Hello. Hello, Gilbert. This is the 
guy from the radio? Yeah, I've been wanting to talk to you for a while. Um, okay. What did you want to talk about? Oh, I don't know. How about the murders? Right, right. Yeah, uh, figures. You know, I'm just... I'm just going to come right out and say this, okay? So don't be mad at me, right? Okay. Did you do it? Uh, yes. Yes, I did. No, I, I mean, I, I know you pled guilty, but did you kill those people? I did. I killed them. Oh, fuck you. Uh, excuse me? No, so fuck I... you, Gil, okay? What, you just did it? You're just guilty? And that's all? I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, man. I mean, I was thinking, hey, you know, maybe, okay, so he did it, but I'll I'll try to understand why he did it. Try to get into his head, you know? Maybe we can play mind games with each other, like in Silence of the Lambs or Mindhunter, and, and make compelling radio that way. But that's not gonna work, is it? Fuck, say, I mean, listen to you. <laughs> Hello? Like, I, I mean, God well, damn it. I don't it. know much about mind games. I just try to keep my head down and do my, my time. Of course you do. Why did you kill them? I just, you know, I, I guess I, I kind of hate women, and I was real angry uh, that she was uh, that she was with Malcolm, you know, so I just kind of lost it. Oh, that's deeply fascinating. Tell me again. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I just, you know. Really? I mean, really, that's all? You know, I, I, I don't, I, I hate it down here, for, for one thing. You know, it's dusty, and everyone is so uncouth, you know. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's not, it's not your fault, Gil. Well, uh, you know, it kind of is. No, not the murders, the, the, you know, the, it's just, podcasting now, it's just, it's so competitive. Like, I mean, when, when I started out, this was like the Wild West. You were free. But but the old ways, all the monopolies and, and the company bullshit, it's all coming back in so fast. You know, there there's no advantage in independence anymore. Yeah. And, and it, it yeah. used to be you would, you would make something and you'd put your efforts into just making great audio content, you know, and then it would flow from there. But like now it's all consolidating around these networks who have all the good ad money sewn up and don't even talk to me about like discoverability you know it just rewards this kind of you know it's fine if you're malcolm gladwell or, or ira glass but you know otherwise it's just this whoring for reviews and this obsessive drive for quantity episode every week every day you know quantity over quality and it's just you know it, it is not me it is not me oh that, that sounds real bad it is. It is so bad. And I don't want to be doing true crime, you know? I mean, talking to scum, like, with no redeeming features. It just, just trying to put something, you know? I mean, no offense, you know? No, I, I don't. I'm, I am scum, so. You are, and that's okay. I mean, not everybody has to be innocent, you know? Well, I, I sure as hell ain't. And that's you. That's you. And you should be proud of you, of who you are. And I was I was wrong to try to make you into something you weren't. You know, I understand that now, I guess. You know, maybe, yeah, maybe going forward, I'll have to read a few more ads. And, you know, there, there's, it takes away from the show, but there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with ads. It's how the model works, right? I mean, I, I, I mean, I mean, you'd be okay reading a few ads every couple of weeks, right? Yeah, sure. I, I'd read an ad if uh, I'd read an ad. So it's, it's yeah, it's it's not it's not you know. Hey man, this 
Yeah, this has helped. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it has. Maybe I could call you again, you know, if if, if I need to. Yeah, uh, yeah. If I need to talk things through a little bit. You can you can do that. Okay. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you. This radio life is written and performed by Simon Indelicate. Julia Indelicate played to me. We've made quite a lot of random stupid music in the course of producing the show. It's not useful for much else, so we've given it all a Creative Commons license and put it up on our site for you to use in your own projects. You can find track descriptions and a zip file of it all just to click away on our website. That's thisradiolife.com. As usual, because of the entire ecosystem for podcasts and discoverability being broken, we could really do with you uh, rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. It's pretty much the only way that anyone will ever find us. So tell your friends. We'll be back in one set of double weeks with our season finale. Who knows what'll happen? Take care. Just got to get to 30, 30 minutes now, so just sitting here. Listening to the music.